when you feel like you've been hitting your head against the wall and you feel like you are totally burned out and that you're you're not in the right role and you, and you start to blame everything on that. You're like, I'm not in the right town. I'm not in the right job. I'm not like, you start to blame everything around you for what's not right in your life. And I had totally exhausted myself on that. Wait, what do you mean it's over? Hello? How can I help? Hey guys, welcome back to Parties Over Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Liz. And today we have our first ever returning guest. And to give you a little background, I was moving a few weeks ago and I got a very funny phone call from him. And he just said, Elizabeth Adley, I have a proposition for you. You gotta have me on. So here we are. We're having him on. (laughs) We were so excited. First of all, we were like, Honestly, anyone that is team parties over podcast enough to come on twice, open invite forever because that that's our motto. We're like if you're if your party's over and also the story that Noah has to tell is oh, I gave it away. <laughs> it's Noah. Bummer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that uh have been with us for a while now, uh we recorded with Noah back in March right before COVID hit. He was like our last person we saw in in the physical face-to-face world. He was just kind of talking about, you know, how his things had just started like it happens in post-grad and your life just starts to snowball into you get, you do one thing, you do another. And then next thing you know, you wake up and you're in this life that maybe isn't what you had set out for yourself. So Noah today is going to talk a little bit about that and where he is now. All through COVID too. He was like, what's changed in you guys' lives? And we're like, not much. We saw you right before COVID, but he has a lot of life updates. So we're happy to have him on to share those. Welcome to the podcast, Noah. Well, thank you for having me guys. Again. <laughs> also, I feel like I missed the, I missed the era of podcast where, you know, we, this is like what we thought we'd have going, where we'd have a guest, cheese board, some wine, then COVID hit and everything went Zoom. Yeah, we were just getting good at it. Yeah. Now I'm like, I can't remember how to do it in person anymore. No. All right, Noah. So last time we saw you, you were, I'm trying to think, you were in your, not, is Beth your hometown? Yeah, I mean, so I'm from like the greater Rumford area with Bits, uh, Elizabeth Adley Bits. Oh, however, I love However it. you, you refer you to yourself You can say Bits now. on here. That's going to be like there. your DJ name, like your, your screen name. Yeah, it yeah. should be, honestly. Yeah. I don't know why your Instagram was... handle is not Bits something. <laughs> yeah. I'll see if I can score that username. It's probably I, uh, taken. You know, it's kind of funny. I don't know if this will make the cut or not, but I posted an Instagram like early on in COVID because um, I had like dyed my hair, gave myself like a, like a, I call it a Walgreens makeover. And I, I tagged you and uh, Adele Oswald and a bunch of photos. Cause I was like, these kids on TikTok oh never God. had an awkward phase and it's criminal. And I tagged all these photos of us from like way back, like really cringy. Photos. I have way more also. So maybe we'll share some on our story. Yeah. Um, the awkward stage thing is real though. Like I, it's because I think my theory is they, we didn't have, we just started getting it, but like YouTube and stuff to teach us about fashion, we had to figure it out from, I don't know, our peers and like, they don't know what they're Or just doing. like social media as much. Like I see it now and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get that outfit. That's what everyone's wearing. But back then it was like, okay, have I an, an Aeropostale shirt again. I think it's the same shit different day. I really do. Because you know what it is? It's like, we look at ourselves in like the Abercrombie clothes and we go, wow, that was bad. But like the people, the generation before that looked at, you know, yeah. like the Jordan jeans and we're like, oh, that's so bad. But now we're going to look back and we'll be like, why did we all look like Kim Kardashian? <laughs> no, we're all going to be like those, that was just, we're just going to be like, that was a weird phase. We all pretended that we had huge asses. Like what's going on? <laughs> like, I, I, I think that it's, it's not just a, like a generation specific thing here with Gen Z. I think it's literally just... Yeah. You're right, because like we, we were kind of like the first generation, even though I'm a little bit older than you two, um, that had YouTube right. for like tutorials and things like that, but it, even still. Right. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like they, like they could teach me how to, how to dress and like look and stuff. Like I didn't even know how to use a straightener then. So it's just definitely different. Also, I was thinking the other day how trends catch on. Like think of before social media. I remember I had like LLB boots and you have to think like... Someone didn't post it on Instagram for it to catch on. That had to catch on from word of mouth. Like, you Seriously. see someone wearing it. Like, that takes so much longer. Or, like, think of phrases. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's like a phrase right now that we're all saying? Um, well, wait. We just talked about how we we're talking about being, being the main character and the star yes, in the wrong yes. movie, and now all of a sudden it's a TikTok fad. Right. Like, it yeah, is kind it, of funny. Noah said it first, and it was on the podcast. <laughs> it's documented. It was before TikTok. I was trying to explain to someone. Do we that, get proprietary rights on <laughs> Yes, I was explaining to someone. I'm like, the episode was kind of all about like how you're not starring in your own movie. I'm like, I know it sounds very similar to like being the main character, but it was before that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, think of like the main character thing, how long it would take. You know, California would have started it. Maine, we would have got it way after. Three or four years later. So, yeah. So, Noah, tell us a little bit about where you were at that time in March when we were recording and just kind of where your head was at and career-wise, personal-wise. I feel like a lot of people can relate to to that. For sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of people... we were heading into a global pandemic. Everybody thought, oh, we're going to take two to three weeks. We're going to shut down. We're going to be like, you know, Which is camp so out, naive. Of right? We like, talk about that every week. We're like, is uh, it still not over? We thought it was going to be a two-week What did you think was going to happen? We thought we were going to camp out in our living room and just like drink wine and it was going to be over in three weeks, but we were wrong. Um, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, so I think like a lot of people, I was, I'm 26 years old and I had reached a point in my career where I'd been in the same job for three years and that three-year marker was kind of a, a big deal for me because I had written down, I'm a big goal person and when I have a specific goal or a deadline, I will like write it or put it in my calendar with a reminder and I had said to myself, which is like so spooky because I literally didn't realize it until the event calendar came up. I said, by November of 2020, and I did this in 2017, I said, November of 2020, I'm not going to be doing this job anymore. And I started my new job on November 9th. Wow. And I, like, I, I noticed it. Yeah. Now. Like, it's so like. I it, love the calendar idea. I, I, I put big, hairy, audacious goals in my calendar all the time. And I will, like, I'll, I had one in there for a long time that was like, I wanted to move to California by like 2022. And I put it in, I think it was like May. 2022 and it'll come up and who knows if if the if it works i'll be (laughs) calling in next time i'm a big person to to put goals out there i had um i had recognized which i think is the first step uh that i was unhappy i knew that i needed a change um i had already started sort of like finding the fulfillment that i felt like i was lacking in other sources so at the same time right after this podcast came out uh, another opportunity presented itself, uh, which was funny to join a, a board for a hospital group. That's kind of, uh, it's um, relevant, in, at least in our area here in Maine. And I got an email about it from somebody that you and I both know. And they were like, oh yeah, would you like to join this committee? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I remember just being like, no. And I, I literally replied back. I was like, no, sorry. I, I I have no interest in being on this, you know, board committee, whatever they were calling it at the time. And then it was like two weeks or three weeks later. So now we're like in COVID. We're in the hunker down like stage. And I get a phone call from a number that I don't recognize. And the individual on the other phone is the the president of two of the hospitals. He's like, yeah, I got your information. I would love to talk more about this opportunity. Went on and on about like the different impacts that we could have by joining this board. Um, And I... I think at that time, too, I realized I have to say yes to more things. And I think it's it's hard when you are, when you feel like you've been hitting your head against the wall and you feel like you are totally burned out and that you're, you're not in the right role and you, and you start to blame everything on that. You're like, I'm not in the right town. I'm not in the right job. I'm not like, you start to blame everything around you for what's not right in your life. And I had totally exhausted myself on that. I was like, I'm not in the right space in any sense and all of a sudden i decided to have a positive attitude totally took a page out of jim carrey's yes man book (laughs) and i just started saying yes to everything like i'm not joking i just started saying yes to everything like yes i'm gonna do it yes 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 started a failed podcast um i mean like i i I tried to take parties over down i was like totally (laughs) going for it They're, they're way too strong guys um cutthroat over here cutthroat no i mean and i just like i was very intentional about just being open to all opportunities Mm -hmm. and um that's when my life kind of started to turn around i kind of want to touch on that first talking about how like you can be just blaming your situation and i feel like too you were saying even though you feel like burnt out and stuff and there is a time and a place for you know taking a break and stuff however i feel like too with covid so many things 
that like I think of myself back in like March or you know February or whatever and like I was gone three out of the five nights a week stuff like that doing different like you know meetings and podcasts stuff like that and now I think since the world has slowed down a little we've kind of um not necessarily everyone but what we used to be able to take on our plates and our schedules I think has been reduced does that make sense like our stamina has gone down and i think of if i have one or two things a week i'm like whoa this yeah, that's is exhausting. a big week I'm like i want to get back home yeah and i just feel like we used to i don't know we used to grind a little more maybe a few months ago so just like what you said where you you know you maybe think that you have all you can take but you can find time in places and things will work itself out if you really at the end of the day are truly like burnt out you have no more time it'll work itself out you know what i mean i think it works when you work right it's one of those things that you have to have the right mindset about it and you have to be strategic i think that's part of it too i i i obviously it's it's kind of fun to quip and say oh yeah i became the yes man jim carrey character obviously i didn't say yes to everything but i just became more strategic with the things that i did and i think another kind of key lesson that i learned too it's it's so important to look at the company that you keep. And personally, I have no interest in spending time with people who are, who, you know, are not ambitious, who are not um, looking for other opportunities or ways to grow. I think that you are only as good as like the five people that you spend the most amount of time with. And I think it's really important to take inventory of that because I know personally, like, like you said, like you can get stuck in these cycles. Like when you're really busy and you're, and you're going out and you're doing these things and it's like, oh my God, I'm spending time with Elizabeth Adley again. Like, oh, I'm not growing. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but you know, like it, it's hard. To, I, I just became really like, okay, if my life's not going well, I'm going to take inventory. Who am I spending time with? What am I doing? Am I just going out every night of the week? Am I, you know, what am I doing to add value, to learn, to grow, um, to develop myself, my network, all of those things. And I just started making those changes, like spending time with people who were additive. And I think what I'm, what's so funny is like, personally, I spend time with people who are twice my age all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all, like my network is so much older than me, it's ridiculous. And I think part of it's because I live in a resort town. So we see a lot of people who are second homeowners. So obviously they're further along in their careers, in their lives. Yeah, no, I'm not um, in my second home. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't even have the first yeah. one. But, you know, because I live in a second homeowner community, it's yeah. just kind of like the, by nature, everybody's a little bit older. Um, and it's it's funny because as soon as I kind of made that adjustment and I started spending more time with those groups of friends, I think it's so important. Like, what you put out there is what you get back. It's the same thing as, like, when I put it in my calendar, I'm going to be done this job in November 2020. That stuff comes back. When you're intentional and you put that out there, I do believe it comes back. Yeah. Um, that's not, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not saying go out and say you're going to win the Powerball right. by next July and <laughs> it'll happen. Um, but you but think something I think, attainable. I think you also have to make the conscious decision of, like, what do I want? You know, do I really want this? Because you can, you know, I don't know, switch these. Mm-hmm. If you don't consciously decide, like, I want, like, if your goal is really to, like, you know, be successful and, like, move to Cal or whatever it is, move whatever to California, get yeah. out there, versus I want to, you know, spend time with people and have a, you know, quiet, happy life. Those are two very different things. Not saying you can't have both, but if you have much more, like, passive goals like that, um, it's definitely a lot harder to stay motivated. So I think Noah's saying here, he, like, fully set his mind, like his mind was made, like I'm making a change and I'm switching it around. I just, I know myself and like, if I'm in that phase of like, I just want to have fun and hang out with people, I can't get those things It doesn't really give you anything to be excited about. And I wanted to go back to when you were saying like, people can blame it on their job and on their friends or things going on in their life being unhappy. And I think you can be unhappy in your job, but have these things going on outside of your job that can still fulfill your life. Like your job doesn't necessarily have to be everything. I feel like we've been discussing this a lot or I've been discussing it with some of my friends. We live in so, a culture though that totally yeah. perpetuates that like your identity is so closely mm-hmm. tied to what you do. Right, like it doesn't have to be are, your passion. No. But it can be like something that you do so you can do your passion too. Right. Yeah. So I just think that's important as well. Yeah, I mean it's so funny too and it's, it's somewhat unrelated but I have a dear friend of mine, I love her, but she constantly is blaming all of her problems on where she's living. I'm like, you 
investing or like putting stock in the fact that your happiness is defined by the geographic location is never going to work. I just had this conversation with my mom and like I recently switched jobs and I realized I think you just need to make the conscious decision to be happy. Like, I mean, I love my job and I like what I do now, but I don't think it's like been the be all end all. Like, was that the saying? Be all end it's all? not yeah. the be all end all to your yes, happiness. Yes, so. I'm like, oh, I'm still just as happy essentially as I was before. So I think that's such a good point for you guys to take away, especially right now with like the culture of social media. And we've said it a million times being an influencer and like living your, you know, everyone's like perpetuating this dream life from working from home, doing what you love. It's, you need to make the conscious decision to be happy. And if you're not, and again, there's obviously circumstances where you have different situations, but make the conscious decision to be happy and make the changes in order to do so if it is a circumstantial. And it's so tricky too, because using social media with a healthy lens is sort of like voting third party. It's one of those things where it's like you guys, especially I'm not going to say me because I don't have like a following per se, but like you guys, especially you have to post on social media and perpetuate this certain brand or image or relationship. But then you recognize that it's not realistic or real or right. attainable. But then if you don't post that, it doesn't garner followers. And then you get don't get the ROI. And then it's like, it's like the same thing. It's like, oh, I don't like Republicans. I don't like Democrats. I'm going to vote third party. Well, guess what? There's never going to be a third party candidate. Right. It's, it's one of those things where it's, you can't, I, I get caught in it a lot. And I go through cycles of using social media and then not using social media. And right now I'm like kind of turned off to it. So, okay. So at this place, you're, you've kind of made the conscious decision, like, I am going to start saying yes to more, you know, I'm not going to use my situation as kind of an excuse for, mm -hmm. for it anymore. I'm going to make a change. So you joined this board committee. Totally. So, so I, I joined this board. That's been amazing. Um, it's just opened me up to a whole other group of people within our community that in and of itself, you know, I also think that it's important to do committee work to join boards and, and to be sort of like that, that youthful um, presence because you, our perspective is needed and it is celebrated um, and it's lacking very much. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this before, Ashley, that I, 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 it's one of those things to where it's intimidating because personally, like you don't learn about Roberta's rules. You don't learn about how to call a meeting to order or, and to do all these sort of like intricacies. And because we don't learn it, it feels like it's a really high barrier to entry. And like, I know I personally suffer from imposter syndrome all the time. Same. And I remember just being like, I'm not supposed to be here. I don't know how to call a meeting to order. I'm not supposed to like, I, I'm sorry. They picked the wrong person. Like, you know, this is, I'm not the right fit for this. And it's really, it's, you just gotta, I think first of all, acknowledging what you don't know being okay with raising your hand and being like, I don't know, can you help me? And then as soon as you do that, you realize that it's all just a farce. Like it's all, just, you know what I mean? Like it's all just like, okay, you got, somebody's got a second emotion and then you got to pass it through. You know what I mean? Like it's all just, and that's obviously a very specific example of that. But um, I think it's okay to not know. And for a long time, I was not comfortable enough with myself to be like, ooh, I don't know. Like I would just be quiet or right. wouldn't ask questions. And it's like, well, you don't learn if you don't ask the questions. I'm and by the way, no 25 year old knows the answer. Right. And for you to right. think that others do is diluted. And they're right? all older. They're probably so excited to have a young person on right? the board that they're like, I want to share everything with them. And then the young person's like, I need to know everything and not let them know that I don't know. That anything. I don't know everything. So that exactly. They're not gonna, like connecting. Yeah, I was going to say, like, people love talking about things they know about. So, like, one, you just gave them an ego boost to be like, let me tell you all about it. And yeah. now we were, I don't know, we spoke with someone recently. And they were telling us that people like you more when you give them the opportunity for them to help you, as long as it's not like a huge inconvenience. You know what I mean? Right. You're not like, hey, help me move in this weekend. Like no one, no one likes you more for that. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, hey, could you sit down with me for, you know, two minutes after the meeting, they're going to be like, oh my God, this guy loves learning, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. Also, we were saying young people on boards we are so fortunate to be in a time where people care about young people's opinions as professionals because i'm telling you right now 20 whatever 30 years ago no way like they were like go get my coffee we don't care about mm. your opinion and not in all circumstances and again this isn't also all circumstances some people still don't but if you have the opportunity to be a young person and share your opinion i don't know i feel like it's a very fortunate thing to to have it's it's a fortunate thing and it's also a privilege because right. you have to realize too that like um you know 
at least the, the, with the three of us, you know, we're all educated white individuals. So like what sort of um, responsibility comes with that? And if we're not going to go and be the best advocates for our communities, we're leaving that position or that seat at the table, that voice, that influence open to somebody who might not do as good of a job as you or I. So, but to like boil it down to like just like a digestible yeah. level when you, because that's obviously a very like, <laughs> um, not a very approachable <laughs> example. But if you look at it just from the lens of like, okay, so like somebody in our current era, somebody, you know what I mean? Somebody right. within our, even just like our a- time here is going to be taking that seat. Right. Or do you want to be that person? And I think that we just need to step up. I think as a culture, we just need to step up. It's our generation. It's time. And it's, you hit a point when, you know, whether it's COVID or not, we're not going out clubbing anymore. You can be at home doing a little bit of committee work. You can yeah. you know I mean? like doing whatever it is that you need to do. But, but that's my, um, I think that we all just have to, that's, if that's the way that you can chip in, that's the way that you chip in. Cause I think that we are privileged. Uh, we privilege people and with great privilege comes great responsibility and, you know, lucky to be, have great educations, lucky to, you know, have careers that are nine to five generally. So, um, add value in the way that you can. And I think that that's kind of just one avenue in which you can do that. And even if it's not a board, we're going to have an episode talking about giving back and stuff, but volunteering, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thinking outside the box. I'm trying to think of other people that I know that are on any kinds of committees and the two people that I know are literally you guys. So (laughs) hopefully this reaches some people. Well, it's funny too, because like, so the sort of what I, my big thing that I wanted to talk about, we can talk about like what, what I'm doing now too, but it's, I, I learned it in the most accidental way possible. Love that. And it's, (laughs) it was, it's been like the coolest, you know how I'm a big believer in the butterfly effect. I think every action that you, um, that you do or that, you know, there's a, another thing that's going to open a door, um, that if you chose a different way, it just wouldn't have happened that way exactly. So I, back in 2016, um, was voted on to this um, donor-advised committee for a private foundation for the company that I worked for. It was super small. We met like a couple times a year. We processed some grants and we would basically, you know, we did good work, but we just kind of gave out money. Um, Wasn't a ton of strategic planning. We didn't really plan events. We didn't, you know, there was no sort of programming scholarships, anything like that. It was really just bare bones. And then Dana Bullen, who's the president of Sunday River, um, who's an amazing leader um, and somebody I admire greatly, decided to take that fund, that private foundation rather, and turn it into its own 501c3. And when he did that, every single member of the committee that was there before, which I think there was seven or eight of us, left. They were like, we don't want to meet outside of work hours more than a couple times a year. We don't want to, you know, whatever, which is valid. You know, people have their lives. They didn't sign on for that. Um, and they were given the opportunity to, to, to move on. And we assembled a, a, a really dynamic group um, that encompassed locals, second homeowners, visitors, everybody, all of the sort of constituent groups within our community. And we grew the organization for the last two years. And I just kind of stuck with it. It was, it was this thing where I met people that I admired, people that I wanted to learn from, people that had access that I didn't have. And I knew that if I put the time in and did the work, I would grow, I would learn, I would make connections that would be, you know, way, way beyond what I would be able to um, accomplish just in my nine to five job, um, at least where I was working at the time. And I now like looking back at it, I've designed strategic plans for an organization with the former CIO of Motorola, with the the former chief human resources um, for Macy's. Um, with a project manager for Kraft Foods, you know, um, somebody who works for an individual who works for a hedge fund based out of LA. Like we, we are just, it's the, that opportunity was such an accident. I got voted on to this little board four years ago, but I hung on like a cat on a branch and just kind of like whatever got thrown at me, I just kept doing it. And there were, believe me, there were so many times I wanted to quit. There were so many times where I was just like, I don't get paid for this. Like, 
why am I doing work on a weekend you know, or a day off or a night and, and all of that. But what ended up happening was it was totally my meal ticket. It was 100% like those people in the room that I was collaborating with, I... I hit a point over the summer where I knew that it was going to be somebody in that room who was going to get me my next job. And I didn't know what my next job was going to be. And it was, again, like, it was one of those, I wasn't strategic, but I was that yes man. You know, I was just like, I know that it's going to come. I just got to say yes when it comes. So um, at the end of the summer, uh, during, through COVID, our executive director for the, the fund that we all worked on announced his resignation. That he was going to be moving, and I had three board members on a 13-person board, and I was on that board, come to me and say, I think that you should apply for this job. And I said, no, thank you, though. No, thank you, though. No, thank you. Because in my head, I didn't want to work in nonprofit. I just saw this as an awesome opportunity, a launching pad, as, you know, I was passionate about the the mission, obviously, and the work that we did, because you have to be passionate about it, otherwise you wouldn't be able to sustain for that many years. But I... um. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm going to find my next gig. It's going to be fine. Just going to like keep going. And we went through an entire search process. We had... Um, he did not want... He was on your side. I know, right? No, he's kind of mouthy sometimes. Um, sorry, my dog's here. Um, so I we had a full search. And this was the other... Like, I'm so but grateful. But you're helping search for this. I'm helping search for this role. So are you ready for this? This is, this is how twisted the story gets. I told you it was good. This is why I wanted to come back and tell yeah, you my story. Yeah, I'm just story. waiting to see when you're going to leave your job. Oh, get ready. Because this is summer, and I didn't leave my job until just right. recently. So a bunch of uh, people uh, confront me about doing it. I said, no, I'm not going to. I am asked to join the committee that is going to find the next executive director. I go through the whole process. We have a consultant come on, um, and you know, we did the whole identifying the role What's the value associated with the role? What are the key elements that are going to make a, the candidate successful? Like we did work to make sure that this next candidate was going to be the right candidate. We put it out for, and we we had 130 something applicants. Oh my God. Because again, COVID job market, right. a lot of people right. looking. And so, I mean, like talk about going through vetting, looking at resources, going through the interview process, um, assembling a committee and everything's over Zoom. And we've got f- probably, I think we had six people on our committee. So six people with jobs and commitments right, and we were, we were scheduling all of these calls and we go through the entire process and we get down to the final two candidates. And I am starting to go like, I don't know. I just, don't, I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm just like, are these people right for the role? One of the pers- one of the people I think still would do an amazing job, but I just was I wasn't sure if that person was going to take it, even if it was offered to them. And then the other individual was a lovely human being, but just not right for the role. So we're going through, and we had our last round. It was like a Wednesday night, let's say, okay. And I say on the call, I go, listen. I think we might just have to chop this up as a failed search, which is a thing. You know, you can look for a job and if you can't find a candidate, you pull the job posting, you try again later on. Um, And my mentor, my confidant, my good friend, Leslie Jones, very quickly squashed the idea of a failed search because she had for the last two weeks prior to my knowledge been working on identifying me as the next executive director. So she's like watching you in the Yes. So this was like part of my interview essentially, but nobody else knew except her because she's the president of the board and she's somebody who, you know, she's a beautiful mind. I get a phone call on a Saturday morning. So it was that Wednesday where we had that last call. It was Wednesday or Thursday. And then Saturday morning, I get a phone call from Leslie and she goes, she goes, "Um, can you swing by the house? Uh, I want to ask you a question. And I was like, oh, you know, got some things I got to do today. I'm working tomorrow morning. And like on Sunday, I was going to go and do some stuff at work. And then I said, I'm having dinner. And I was like, what about Monday morning? I like, And I never pushed Leslie like down the schedule because she's somebody I, I value. I remember you talking and about I her prioritize. on Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I adore her. Um, and I attribute so much of what I've learned, especially in the last three, four years to her uh, mentorship. But she basically, she goes, no, come to the house today. And when Leslie tells you to do something, right. you do it, right? Uh, so I, I showed up and she goes, and she, we had a very candid conversation. She goes, 
She goes, I think that you're the you're the person for this job. And we had a we talked for about an hour, hour and a half. And I was nervous because the dynamics were gonna change. You know, the people who I was once peers with are now gonna be my my bosses. Because you report to right. a board. Um, and dynamics were gonna change and I was gonna be, you know, leaving an advisory role and then kind of, you know, having to execute on all these plans and um, facilitate all of these different projects and meetings and whatnot. So I, I, I was obviously very overwhelmed and hesitant, but I left her house and maybe a couple hours later I called and I said, okay, I want to do this. So we went through and they made another round of interviews for me. And I went through the entire interview process, new questions. I was going to say, you already knew how it was set no, up. No, no, like new questions, did the whole, and I had to have my references go through. So I, I, again, everything happens for a reason. If I had applied before, I would have never been part of a search committee, a hiring process. Like I, Again, all these opportunities where I've learned um, and grew and I was offered the job. And I accepted. And again, so like I accepted it and it was like the end of October. And this is kind of, I'm going to tell a secret on this podcast. I, because I don't think many people know this. My, my mother knows this. <laughs> I, that Saturday when I went to Leslie's house, I had gone into my boss's office at my old job. And I said, I need to take a week, like a mental health week. Because I was so, like I said, like I was just like, I was burned out. And it wasn't that I didn't have a great support system at my old job. It wasn't that I didn't, you know... It's just sometimes you hit a wall in the role that you're in. And I definitely hit a wall. And I told him, I said, I need to take a week. And I might come back. I might not. Empty threat. I had nothing lined up, remember? Because I, I, I hadn't said that I was going to interview for this. I hadn't said any of that. Total just bluff. Not bluff, but just, you know, I had nothing lined up. And I left the, the, the next day. Because I was like on Friday. And then it was Saturday morning. I went to Leslie's house and all this happened. And in, in my week off, I went back into his office and gave my two weeks. Wow. What? And it's like you somehow knew without knowing. Totally knew without knowing. And, and yeah, but that it's so say, I don't even know what my, 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 my words of wisdom on it other than play the long game. I think kind of like consistency also. Like when people mm. talk about starting a business or starting a podcast and you're not getting any traction, you know, just being consistent, being Took consistent. years. Same thing. You're on the board and you're just like, I'm just going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. You're showing up, but nothing is actually coming from it, like right in front of your face. And then you get this huge opportunity. It's four so years simple. People, here's the thing we talk about showing up. It is literally that simple. If you just show up, and you do what you can. Like, you know, like, obviously there, there were weeks and times when I was super slammed and I was like, I had to give committee work to other people, you know, over those few years. But like, as long as you show up and you're, and you're devoted and, and you try your hardest, it'll happen. Right. Um, but that's kind of, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to steer it this way. So I, my big sort of revelation came as all this happened and this new opportunity presented itself. I had this moment. I got asked to go on a, um, like a Zoom call with alumni. I was waiting for this panel. Yes. <laughs> I knew there was a Zoom call. With this Zoom call panel at my alma mater for undergrad, Endicott College, where we were going to be talking about different ways to network. What I think is so cool about whatever you want to call it, Zoom University, pandemic learning, all these events that used to be in person, it's kind of weird when you're in like an auditorium with a bunch of people like panelists you know like I sometimes it's it'd be intimidating well on a zoom call that we had like a hundred and something kids um and we did the breakout rooms and i just told my story of kind of playing the long game because there's so many benefits to when you donate your time when you donate your time and your resources to to do work with it with an organization you learn they get value out of the work that you do you grow your network I kind of joked about it on the call, which was a little flippant of me at the time that I was like, you know, when you go to a, a networking event, like a mixer, I was like, you, you meet with a bunch of losers, just like you and me, right? It, it, right. You, we're all losers. We're there because we're looking for an opportunity. There's not a single decision maker shows up to a, a networking event. Like what hiring manager do you know 
that says, oh, right. it's six o'clock at night on a Thursday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go uh, to the, the ballroom over at the Hilton and meet with a bunch of losers. No. So I, I said that openly on the call, which I think is hilarious. And I was like, why don't you just be a little bit strategic? Don't be creepy. But like, if you, there's an organization that you care about or a cause that you care about, research it, email them, say, hey, my name is, this is what I can do. Do you have an opportunity where you think that I can add value? 9.9 times out of 10, a nonprofit that gets an email from somebody saying, can I donate my time to you is going to say yes. Right. Take that opportunity. And maybe it's not a fit with what you do. And you say, hey, you know what? I know I worked on this project with you guys, but do you have something else? Move into you know where you want to go. Then the other part of it too is what I talked about. And again, don't be creepy. Find an individual that you admire, that you look like, you know, like maybe there's somebody in Portland who you think is super cool and what they do is, you know, you want to emulate or you want to be on a similar path and look into them. Go on LinkedIn. Everybody puts their their board work um, on LinkedIn. See where they where they donate their time. Figure out why they donate their time and what they do. And if ask you, them. if you, exactly, like, ask them about it. This? Exactly. Reach out and be like, hey, I would love to know how you got involved with this organization. And then maybe you can be brought in on that. And what a better interview than going in, collaborating with decision makers, working on projects, showing your value and your worth. And then that person is going to vouch for you, is going to put their neck out for you 10 times over you going to a cocktail mixer and handing them a business card and a limp handshake. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it comes down yeah. to. I think, too, there's a few things I want to touch on. One, you talking about having people, you said your mentor, Leslie, mm. and you just saying that she is someone, or just like the fact that you surround yourself with people that um, are just people that you admire. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that is really important to look at when you're in a job. For example, if you don't want to be your boss someday, it's probably not the right fit for you. Or if maybe you don't want to be your boss someday, but you at least are again on a committee or something, or you are just, you have a, even just a friend or something and you admire them and you want to be like them, you should always have someone in your life and especially professional life that you want to be someday. Because mm-hmm. what's the point, you know, you're at this job, for example, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want that job someday. Your time there may be coming to an end aspirations are everything right it's fundamental if you don't have something to aspire to where's your creativity where's your drive where's that hunger you lose all of that when you Mm -hmm. don't have an aspiration and i though i agree i i learned a ton in my previous role i i do like my former boss i didn't want to be him right you know and and that's a hundred percent true if that individual is not who you one, not necessarily that you have to be exactly like, like not you know, as a person, but right? No, but like yeah. if that's not like where you want to be, you're right. You're probably not in the right role, and, and it's not. But then like it's not that strict either, because obviously I'm not going to go and become Leslie. Or I'm not going to come right. and become these other people. But it's I think you have to. It's it come, you have to have that respect and that sort of that. I don't want to say admiration. Maybe it is admiration. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It, it is admiration. It's just like for their work ethic or totally. like you said, she's a beautiful mind. Yes. If it's just a, you know, a piece of them that you're getting, you know, you're, you're, you can emulate mm-hmm. that piece that you admire from them. I think that's an important thing to have. Um, I also wanted to touch on you talking about like the mixers and stuff and just getting creative with your networking. And I think there is a place to network with people that are in similar ages and stuff because one, I'm thinking of, I mean, you're in my network now and mm-hmm. you're an executive director. I mean, you know, you think of stuff like that. I'm going to be honest. When we started the podcast and it was started to like get better oh at God, it, I'm we got kidding. a little bit better at it. Before COVID, I would be in line at the bathroom at the bar <gasps> and I would be like, hey, like what's new in your life to a girl? And just start chatting with them. They're like, well, everything's new to you. And I'm like, well, tell me about it. Like, what are you up to? And I'm like, sorry, I just feel like networking right now. And they would tell me about their life. That's where I learned about that winery in Leeds. 
and then I would tell them about the podcast, and then we were gaining, like, followers from me just, like, telling people about it. So it's just, like, why not just talk to someone in line? Like, just ask them what they're up to. I have the the girl from the bar. She owns that Oh, the one we were going to have her on. She lived in Florida. I have her business card still in the back of my phone. That's so funny. That was such a funny thing. It was nice to do that a lot. Well, and, 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 I mean, again, like it's very flippant of me to say like that, you know, going to a network. No, no, event. no, but, we get what you're saying. Yeah. But, but, and, like, and I also like there's a time and a place for that where it's, you know, those networking events are great when you're trying to develop your story, your elevator pitch, yeah. and you're getting comfortable with like, who am I in that 30 second, you know, that's great. But I'm just saying, if you're looking for more sustainable right. growth. Or it doesn't have to be a mixer. I'm, I'm yeah. agreeing with you in the sense that. Be get creative with your with your networking. Start a podcast. This has been the best networking opportunity Liz and I have ever had because mm-hmm. we have an excuse for to ask someone we admire to tell us their entire story. Welcome get, them into our. We homes. get them for an hour. Right. Right. It's crazy. They get to come into our houses. We you know eat with them, chat with them, and like see their spaces. I, I'm trying to think of like Erin yeah. Flett for example. Like she's been a great network to make and someone we both really admire. And we saw her space. We talked with her family, her kids. And now we, you know, chat with her, you know, at least regularly. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think, like, the three of us are all from a very small, like, small towns. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those jobs, like, don't seem attainable. And all these things don't really seem like, oh, I'm just from here. Like, there's nothing like that in my state, just Maine in general. But you don't even know about it when you're growing up. You don't know that you can do all these things. Like, look at, like, how your job is awesome. Like, that's a great job that you got. You wouldn't have known that you could ever get an opportunity. Right. No. Like, yeah. in, like, high school. I would like to be the executive director <laughs> right. of this. I, I want to work in nonprofit. Like, no. Right. And no, you don't that, learn that you can do no. that path or that's even an option for you unless you're talking to people and seeing how they got there and why they got there. One of my, like, favorite things. So just to, like, like my shameless plug for the River Fund, my organization. Plug it away. I'm so interested. <laughs> It's all about the aspiration element of, you know, our rural youth. We need to provide the educational resources um, for them to succeed, whether it's through programming, whether it's through access with scholarships. You know, we have dreams of creating a technology center that'll help bridge that digital divide. I could talk about the digital divide for forever, but I won't. When my mom was in high school, so my mom is 60. She's going to hate me for this. She's 64. Um, So she, so that would have been early... 70s when she was going to Does college. Does she listen? Is she going to hear this? She's going to hear that I'm telling everybody how old she is. Or, or Judy and <laughs> Brad mean, are going to go, oh my God, no one's talking about regularly. how old. No, but my mom was um, in high school. I remember she told me that um, just growing up in rural Maine, if you did go to school as a woman, you became a teacher or a nurse or a secretary. Those were the three jobs. Nobody said you can be in human resources, you can be an accountant, you can be a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like there were literally, there was none of that sort of built in. If you look at patterns in rural communities, you continue to see that where kids just are not aware or maybe they are aware, but they're not empowered to pursue opportunities that are, that are outside of what they know. So what can we do to provide the access, the mentorship, um, and the resources so that people know that they can do that. I'm like, I remember talking to my mom about, mom about it. And like, I could like, she was saying, you know, cause my mom became a teacher and she had a great career, but she said, she was like, I would have loved to have been an accountant. And it's just so random to me that like, it's not outside the realm. It's not right. like it was unattainable. It's not like she didn't go to school for four years. Like, plus, you know, all the other, like, it's just, it's, but like she would have she done She probably that. just needed to see another woman go to do school yeah. to be an accountant. And then she would have been like, oh, yeah, oh, I can do that. It's the same. It's so it's funny. Like I, and like you talk about how you love it. You get to have people come on and talk about their lives, their experiences, how they got there. I get such a rush off of that. Like I 100% relate to you in this whole, I love your podcast format. I love the setup because you can learn so much just from hearing people's stories. Because we, seriously, it, it, right we're after so we're always similar. like, oh my gosh, I can like we're and just it, shocked. And after. it's like I might never want to be a textile. I'm using Erin as an example. I'm probably you know I don't I don't ever want to be a textile designer in but that. But I do want to buy all of her products. But so. yes, <laughs> yeah, and or I, but I can relate mm-hmm. to the sense of like, wow, she has you know she didn't have anything more than we did. Mm-hmm. Like she's a regular person, and she said and she woke up at four a.m. to do her business right before I she went like, to work and like total normal person pursuing her business on the side right. and watching it grow. And it's right. nice to see that over, you know, I don't mean to compare it again, but like Instagram and I'm like, okay, well you were on the bachelor. So that's why you have this business. Like I can't relate to that. 
Okay, so we would love to talk a little bit more about the job that you have now. So can you tell us about what you're doing? Definitely. So I'm the executive director of the Riverfund Maine. Ball out. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, an incredible just first few weeks in the role. What's great about it is I, because I've been there in a different capacity, it's kind of easy to pick up. Um, I knew um, a lot of the background. Obviously, there's there's so many moving pieces behind um, and with any like executive director role, especially when you have like a small nonprofit, you're basically a GM. You have to be able to do a little bit of the finance, a little bit of the marketing, a little bit of the operations, a lot of the strategic planning, and then you have to manage your committees and board work. And it's a lot of admin. It's a lot of like, it's not all super glamorous, obviously, but... Love that you said that. No, it's not. It's not all glamorous. Exactly. Like, like there's a lot of times when I'm just doing like expense stuff even if it's just like in the first few weeks like i just feel like i'm constantly like scanning stuff to like the accountant and like doing all this like paperwork and right. like very like what seems like redundant or like really just kind of like minuscule tasks but anyway i am super happy in the role i could i couldn't have imagined it better because when i i had a conversation with a professor from undergrad who i told her i was like if you would have told me that I was going to be working in nonprofit, I would have told you you're crazy. And I think part of that was the stigma behind it. Like in my mind, being from a small rural town, I was like working in nonprofit. I was like, I don't want to be a social worker. Obviously, that's right. not the same thing, but it's the construct like that you have behind like, oh gosh, like it's a vow of poverty or that it's like this, you know, I have to be some sort of crunchy granola peace corps hippie to do nonprofit work and that's just not the case um especially depending on the organization i mean like the fundraising um it's a lot of that relationship management a lot of the sales comes into it a lot of of the marketing kind of background it's uh, it's again it's that long game you know you don't just walk up to somebody and ask them for three million dollars for naming rights for right. a building you have to build the build the path and to, to be stewards to be the stewards for the fund to, to you know to do good with the, with right. the money that your your donors are investing with you. And not that we're planning your next role, but like what a great step of a job as well is you touch everything. So, you know, in the future, you now have experience in every aspect and it kind of helps you determine like what am I like best at? You know what I mean? It's totally. just like what an and opportunity. You're, and it, you're still kind of associated with Sunday River. So it's totally. like just a next step. Honestly, that looks so good. Yeah. And this is also, it's it, just as it is like being able to strengthen like the whole, it's also you are able to identify your weak spots. Exactly. And, and I think that's so, because if you don't, if you don't have the ability to identify your own weak spots, you are set up to fail <laughs> immediately. I can't um, even imagine. I know right? all of mine. <laughs> I'm like, I know mine way easier. Than right. We are very self-aware. I'm like, what are my strong spots? <laughs> I'm like, I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Uh, no, but like, I think that so 100%, it's a very well-rounded role. It's a great like launching pad. Um, also, you know, very aware that I'm, uh, I'm young for the role. I am green for the role. It is, um, you don't see like a 20 something executive director ever. Um, and I think that it's an exception probably because I was there through the whole building of the fund, um, and, and its evolution. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I don't know what the next step is i'm excited because i think that whatever it is is going to be really cool um because i'm just going to continue to be intentional continue to be strategic and um surround yourself with people who are going to promote you and grow you um, is the best kind of um advice so how so. do you feel about your life as a whole now that you you know probably having the weight off your shoulders of like what's my next move i feel like that's how yeah. i don't know i was like always thinking about it and mm -hmm. i felt like just i couldn't focus on anything else nothing had my full attention how do you feel in that sense? I'm totally reveling in it. I'm yeah. totally having that moment where it's um, it's interesting because as a board member, you get to kind of voice what you want to see done. Um, and you get to have an, an impact, obviously, um, to a degree. But now being in the driver's seat and being able to kind of, okay, but that's priority. Like that's something that I always wish that we did, but we never did it. Right. Being able to kind of follow through on those um, initiatives and projects is really cool. Um, I'm just... I'm using a different part of my brain, which has been lacking for a long time because I I was in kind of like a machine in my last job. I just felt kind of like a cog in the wheel. You know what I mean? Like it was just another piece that made it. It was great to be part of a team. It was great to make it all work. Um, 
this is a lot more of the the creative problem solving the strategic thinking and planning um and that is just fun that's just you know it's chess so in just seven months you learned how to star in your own movie i don't i mean <laughs> yes i mean it's kind of a low budget movie right now but wait is it seven but... <laughs> it could be six could be seven yeah Something like that. Maybe, yeah. But no, I, um, no, it's... But just a totally different a, dialogue than we had last time when you're totally like, I'm trying to figure dialogue. it out, and now it's like... And I don't want to... I, yeah, right. I don't want to be the authority on figuring it out, because I definitely <laughs> haven't figured it out. But I, yeah. I, think, I mean, I think we have some good takeaways here in the sense of don't sell yourself short. Network as much as you can. Give your time. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. There's a, Play the long game. And show up. Show, show up. up. Um, set like I love the tip of setting a setting goals and we always say setting goals and stuff but the calendar like phone calendar goal is such a good I've never away. done that I think I'm going to immediately well, you, start and you gotta remember the this. BHAG your big hairy audacious goals I love BHAG. that because yeah. you think of it you write it down like I've written so many goals on pieces of paper I don't know where that paper mm. is like and it's easy for me to be like oh I lost that notebook like oops <laughs> right, that goal's yeah. gone but like my phone and especially with like iCloud mm-hmm. now like that goal is going you can with get a new you. phone it's still yeah, gonna it's pop going up with mm-hmm. you. Yep. so I think that is so great so I think um, if you could tell yourself something, you know, tell Noah that was pre-COVID, pre-COVID, Noah. that was that era, a <laughs> different lifetime ago, uh, what would be something you would tell yourself and maybe what's uh, one tip you could give our listeners? I mean... You've given us so many, but... <laughs> get without, another one out of yeah. there. <laughs> or like your favorite that you gave. Okay, so without like exposing myself to um, copyright infringement in the DreamWorks people, but just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming because... Was that Dory? It, it, it literally just keep swimming. And, and it's when you feel like you're you're not getting anywhere, just keep going. Like it's the same, like we talked about this, the, the parallels, you know, whether you're growing your podcast, whatever it is you're doing, you can get kind of, you know, discouraged. Keep going. Just keep going. You could be literally like, it could have been so the next close. podcast episode that like blew up or it could be, right. you know, your next meeting you went to, someone saw something in you that got that job. Mm-hmm. So you, you could, you be you could tell your boss that you're leaving yeah, <laughs> and not have a job lined up and then have the job lined. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's, yeah. manifesting it subtly. I exactly. I feel like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this off there, but, yeah. um, okay. And what would you, is that what you would tell yourself? Yeah. I would tell myself yeah. to just keep swimming. Yeah. Like, literally just keep going. I love it. I want to go back and now I need to go back and listen to your episode from last time, get a little refresh before I edit this one and be like, wow, look at how he's grown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Noah, for coming on to Parties Over Podcast. How many months before round three? Oh, gosh, that'd be so cool. It depends on how turbulent 21 is going to be. Yeah, I'm going hard. (laughs) If, if, you know, things start to get, if we get some normal, normalcy, Mm -hmm. is that the word? Uh, in here, I, I feel like I get to make up for some Jeez, lost time. Who yeah. knows what will happen then? Know, You're right? going hard. You should do like a total rap party for like part parties over and have every guest show up. That, we want that so bad. Yeah, that would like, be yeah. so fun. Okay, let's sign off so we can talk about the thing. Yeah, we're going right. to put a Thank date on that. Thank you for having that. me, guys. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good one. Let's go get a drink.